It's Honorado and Company. It's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller. I am where it just feels like home at this point. <laughs> the Alpen House Ski Shop Showroom in Amsterdam, where they are absolutely fully stocked and ready to provide all of your winter needs and wants. Great specials. I'm standing at a rack where it's 30% off. I've got a 50% off rack to my left, a 50% rack off to my right. Um, they are ready for the holiday season here. If you have winter needs, gear, skis, snowboards, snowmobiles, whatever, they've got it here in Amsterdam at Alpen House, Ash. What's on the 50% rack? I don't know. I, winter jackets, which you say I always need, and, and I won't. I won't say that you're wrong. I do. I'm I am one of the least prepared people for winter in the history of this planet. You wear spring jackets. It's 28 degrees out and you're yep. walking a dog in a spring jacket. Yeah, I know. No, we did not get a dog, but we are dog sitting. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get things going here on Honorado and Company. We've got NFL news to talk about. Obviously, I want to examine the quarterback situation with the New York Jets going forward now that they're technically not in the playoffs. Okay. Um, we'll ask the question, which we've done before, is if the AFC and NFC Easts will both put three teams into the playoffs. Are the Mets the favorites in the National League now after this incredible offseason they've had? And I'm, I'm not convinced that Steve Cohen is finished spending. We'll get into all that, as well as our Pick 6 Vodka pick them here on Honorado & Company. This is Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpen House. And that's exactly where I am, Alpen House in Amsterdam, the ski shop, which transforms from summer to winter. It's amazing what they're able to do here uh, at Alpen House, the great team led by Andy Heck and Katie Osborne. So good to the show, and we are so happy to have them as part of the show. And I can see uh, a tail wagging behind you. Yeah, that's Griffin. We are dog-sitting Griffin for uh, a couple of weeks, actually. All right, Ash, let's let's talk about this quarterback situation with the New York Jets because oh, – He would like for giraffe. me to play. Yeah, I he know. He would like for me to play. Yep, he loves playing with that giraffe. <laughs> All right, I, I have the question here, and Robert Sala made an interesting move, and I think it's the right move. Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson will be the backup quarterback to Mike White this week, not Joe Flacco, and it got yep. a little dicey last week because White had to come back from a couple of, I'll call them, kind of injury. They were not, yep. He wasn't injured, right? I got crushed. He was hurt. Wasn't oh. injured. Injured means he can't play anymore. He was hurt. He was banged up a little bit, but he was able to come back into the game. And so I think Robert Sala was like, hey, if that were to happen again, if my guy is, is hurting and I needed to, to go to a backup, it should be Zach Wilson and not Joe Flacco. It's absolutely yeah. the right call by Robert Sala. But my question is, should Mike White start the rest of the season for these Jets? Should that just be decided now? Like, hey, this guy has has kind of galvanized the locker room. Everybody right. wants to play for him. He's playing well. They're in games. Mm -hmm. They're covering the spread. Thank you, Jets. Should <laughs> this guy be the guy going forward? We only have three, four weeks left of the season. Yeah, listen, I think when this move was first made, I think it was we all thought, all right, this is a one game and done. It's a teaching lesson, and then it'll be over. 
But when he went out and played as well as he did in that first game, I think everyone thought, well, now you have to let the guy go. You've got to let him yep. go until he shows you that he doesn't deserve to be the starter or you're out of the playoff race. And then you let Zach Wilson come in and, you know, play the final three, four or five games out of the rest of the season, whatever. And I know you said, Hey, now that they're technically not in the playoffs, but they're very much in the playoff race. So I think you'll let Mike white go until again, until you decide he's not getting it done. See, okay. So I'll go just one, one step farther than that. And it's not a big step. It's a little, little hop. Um, I say he starts the rest of the season until you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Okay. And I don't know that that'll ever happen. Yeah. I don't know that the Jets won't get to uh, week 18 now knowing they're out of the playoffs. In other right. words, I'm, I'm saying I think they win enough games going forward here. They're technically tied for that seventh and final playoff spot, but they lose the tie break to the Patriots. So I, I just my sense is that they might get all the way to – week 18 yep. and not know if they're in or out now if they know they're out going into that final game of the season i say you start zach wilson if yep. i know i'm out going into even the second to last game of the season i'm starting zach Wilson. i need to see zach wilson again this year at some point that, that's my hope if i'm robert sala like yes i want to make the playoffs but honestly for this franchise which is headed in the right direction i'm convinced mm -hmm. of that not making the playoffs wouldn't be a terrible thing and getting another look at Wilson before the end of the year. Because if White keeps winning games, you just keep painting yourself into a corner. Well, and, right? and you have to let him play. If he gets you to the playoffs, you let him play in the playoffs. So Yeah. And then you and then you still enter next year, like, hey, what do we know about Zach Wilson? Not enough. Right. Not enough. Yep. Yeah. yeah you don't and, have you don't have any solid answers. And you know, listen, you know. I don't know if you know Mike White. He's not your franchise quarterback. I don't know that no, that means not. that you know. He's not your starting quarterback next year. You know what I mean? I don't know that because you're not going to go draft another quarterback. So, I, but I'm not convinced that he doesn't start next year. If there's an actual competition, there's an off season, a preseason training camp battle between Zach Wilson and Mike White. Does Mike White come out on top of that? Yeah, maybe next year. And again, that's just kind of what they're going to have to figure out, but there will be no answers by the end of this season as to is Zach Wilson your franchise quarterback or not? Yeah. I don't know if Anton wants to know why we weren't on YouTube this morning. We do YouTube news now, by the way, people. Uh, 9 a.m. most weekdays, most weekdays. But when I'm driving out to Alpen House in Amsterdam, uh, that's that's up to somebody else. I, you know, so I don't know, Anton. I can't I can't answer that question. I can tell you that there's a lot of snow headed to the capital the region. Way. But it depends where you live. And I'm not going to get into the meteorological <laughs> world of it all. I was going to say, you're, you're going, not a meteorologist, so You're going to be that. shoveling or snow blowing some snow at some point this weekend. It's a good weekend to stay inside and, and watch some football. Uh, AFC and NFC. We've asked this question a couple times already on the show when things were looking really good early on in the year for these two divisions. And I said, hey, what are the chances they put three teams into the playoffs? Right. One, both, neither. Uh, I, and my answer is probably different now than it was earlier in the season. I, I think I said both earlier in the season, my answer now, I think would be, I don't know. Cause I don't trust the giants or the commanders, which is the problem right now. They're both in, but I don't trust one of them. Good news is one of them plays the other. So one of them is going to get a win, which is going to push them further into the playoff picture. Um, uh -huh. but yeah, I think someone from the AFC gets left out, whether it's the Jets or the Patriots, 
one of them gets left out, I think. And I think the same might happen for on the NFC side as well, whether it's the Giants or the Commanders. I think one of them gets left out as well. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings here now. Bills, Chiefs, Ravens. Uh, right, those Titans, divisions are... All division leaders, yep. right? Bengals are either going to win that division, the AFC North, instead of or Baltimore, they'll or they'll get in as a wild yeah. card. They're definitely getting in. Miami is struggling here lately. Yep. This Miami team does not look like the one from the first... They played 13 games, the first 11 games. And they're going the to year. Buffalo where it's going to snow. But, I mean, it's not going to get any easier this week for them. Correct. So... Uh, dude, I don't think they get left out in, uh, of the playoff picture when all is said yeah, and done. Yeah, me neither. The Dolphins, no. Um, but, but the AFC will get three in, right? Because we're talking about Buffalo, Miami, and either New England or the Jets. Or do you think the Chargers, who are also seven and six, end up being the team that gets the final playoff spot? I think the Chargers could. Yeah, I think the Chargers could. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've, um, I always refer to that. I'm going to go. I'm going yes on the AFC East. I think. Okay. I think New England or the Jets, and I think it's going to be the Jets. I think the Jets find a way to get into the playoffs here still, and I know it won't be easy. Uh, NFC Commanders are sixth. Giants are. In, in fact, but you Cowboys, need Commanders, Giants go five, six. Oh seven. no, because the Bills. Never mind. No. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Three, three is almost kind of not easy, but yeah, there's a good I, shot. Of, of so three. I kind of thought one of those teams gets left out, but I forgot that that would make them the third team still. Yeah. So Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Giants, all currently in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, Washington 7-5-1, Giants 7-5-1. You get the Seahawks a half a game back of that at 7-6. and six. And then the hard-charging Lions, who have won mm-hmm. five of six. Yeah. They well, are six a, and seven. I don't know that they'll get left out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that uh, – It's a lot of fun. I, I love this stuff. I, I'm going to go yes on the AFC. Okay. I'm going to go yes on the NFC. I mean, it would be Seattle hard is struggling to... now, too. I think you yeah. get both these – yeah, I'm going to go yes on both. Yeah, I guess – so, I like I said, I kind of – forgot about the teams at the very top being the Eagles and the Bills. And I was just kind of looking at the three teams bunched up toward the bottom of the standings. So my guess, my answer would be yes. I still think the fourth team gets left out. I don't think all of them go. Um, But yeah, I think probably both will get three in, but maybe not. Okay. Quick time out here on Honorado and Company. When we come back, the incredible spending continues in Major League Baseball's free agency. We now have the richest shortstop contract in history and i think it went to the right guy Hmm. just not the right team okay back right after this on honor auto and company the temperatures are dropping which means the holidays are right around the corner tis the season at elfin house ski shop where you'll receive up to 50 percent off top ski and snowboard brands like k2 vocal nordica and lip tech and check out our selection of footwear from muck and ugg as well as casual and hiking apparel from patagonia and the north face we also have the latest in winter fashion from Fly Low, Marma, Obermeyer, and Helly Hansen. And an Elfin House gift card is the perfect gift for the adventure on your list. Elfin House in Amsterdam and Clifton Park. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Elfin House. 
From the showroom at the ski shop in Amsterdam, it's Chris Honorado and Ashley Miller with you on Honorado and Company each and every week. We have our Follow the Pack segment coming up here with the Albany Firewolves still. The home opener is Mm -hmm. on Saturday. So here we go, Ash. If you're watching us Saturday night on my four, you are moments away from face-off. If you're watching us Sunday morning on News Channel 13, you missed the game. But I will say Firewolves uh, oh, we're making 13 Okay. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, all right. <laughs> let's get into the baseball stuff here because I'm fascinated by this. And you know yep. I have rooting interest in terms of what is still to come yes. with uh, a particular I mean, shortstop. Could we just we, figure it out already? Let's do well, it. Well, he's weighing some options. He probably doesn't have the offer he wants yet, to be completely honest. Well, um, the, the spending frenzy, is, it, this was insane, the way money was being thrown. It isn't even the money. It's the length of contracts. Mm-hmm. It, isn't, it isn't the level of lucrativeness. Yeah. It's the length for me. 13 years to Correa. Every shortstop who's on the market so far is into age 40 season mm-hmm. at the end of their deal. This is wild. Correa, Bogarts, and Turner. Now, Dansby Sponson, who's 29, will not get a contract that takes him up to age 40. I just cannot believe that's going to happen, even if the Cubs are absolutely desperate. But Correa gets the richest contract ever for a shortstop. He's 28. He is supremely talented, hits for power, has a really good glove. He's won one gold glove, um, and he will be 41 at the end of this all. The San Francisco Giants. Here's my theory on it. Giants want to judge. They didn't get him. Uh-huh. I think the Giants entertained guys like Trey Turner didn't get him. And they thought, well, we're a major market. We were really good two years ago. Um, we, we need a superstar. And so they give Correa the boat. And I just don't know that it makes enough of a difference for them. Uh-huh. Building block, of course. Uh-huh. But, but immediate contender, no. 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 And I, I said the same thing about them with Judge. And listen, I get it. The Yankees haven't won with him either. Um, yeah. But I think they're closer than the Giants are. I don't think if the Giants had gotten Judge and that was it, that they would be a contender. And I don't think contender is, but they'd be in the mix for their division, I think, no matter what. But I just don't see them winning a World Series. And Carlos Correa doesn't put you over the hump for me. Like, put them over the hump for me. Yeah, the rankings of shortstop signings are Correa at 350. Lindor was next at about 340, maybe missing one or two million in there. Um, Trey Turner got 300 this year. So in the shortstop market, is Dansby Swanson next for the Dodgers, who added Noah Syndergaard this week? They lose Trey Turner. Uh, They could use a shortstop. They signed Freddie Freeman. Freddie's probably saying great things. Yep. to LA's front office about Dansby Swanson. We know he's a winner. Did it at Vanderbilt. Was really good for the Braves in their postseason run a couple a couple of years ago now. Um, Swanson next in LA. Maybe. He's I don't, got the LA hair. Yep. He looks the part. But do they need dude. do they need to spend two hundred million dollars on a shortstop to get that? You know what I mean? Like they're already there. For me, I know they lost Trey Turner, but they're already pretty much there for me. Uh, 
I just, and this is a, it's a strange thing. Cause I think Carlos Correa, I know you say he's the best shortstop on the market or was, mm-hmm. I, I think he's done it. When you play in Minnesota, you're almost obsolete. So that's, it's interesting because I think he's just kind of quietly done it, even though he was on that world series team. I don't know that he was the star of that team. He just was always kind of under the radar doing his thing. So it's funny when you say he's the best shortstop on the market. For me, the splashiest of those was Trey Turner. I think he makes the Phillies significantly better. I think they're already a really good team. I think that signing for what it is makes the Phillies. uh, We talked about the Phillies and the Mets having two of the best off seasons. For me, that's why. But uh, I understand the idea of, Carlos Correa being the best shortstop, just we talked about it. it doesn't make the Giants good enough. Yeah, I think he's most talented. I, I'm with you. I, I've raved about the Turner signing too from a fit standpoint. Yep. No doubt. He he changes the game in Philadelphia. I think Swanson would be a great add for the Dodgers if, if they're able to pull that off. You know I still want him in Atlanta. All right, you mm-hmm. talked about the Mets offseason. They're the favorites in the National League after all they've done. I, I can I can run down some of what they've done. Well, I can remember off the top of my head here. Of course, Justin Verlander is is the splashiest of them all. You've used that word, um, but they also added Senga, mm-hmm. which is a start, He's a starting pitcher from Japan. Um, they made the they kept Brandon Nimmo. They made the move for Jose Quintana, which mm-hmm. I love. They added David Roberts into the bullpen. They keep Edwin Diaz. What am I forgetting of what the Mets have done here? Anything? No. Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good offseason. They had a great offseason. And I don't think they're done. I said it. I don't think they're done. The craziest thing is, I just said, uh, they may be a World Series contender, and yet they might not be the best team in their own division because I still think it's Philadelphia. Philly. I know. I think – the Mets have the best starting rotation, one through five, top, like, they are deep. They're, like, if they get hurt, they'll be able to survive it, not unlike, you know, other years. But I think Philly, in the terms of the lineup, top to bottom, is far superior in terms of what they can do offensively to what the Mets can do. I, I, said, I said kind of the same thing to our news director, who you know he's, uh, I mean, beyond passionate, doesn't even fit. He is a wild Mets fan. And I love that about him. He comes into the newsroom after wins and he's all fired up the next day. And it's great. Um, But I did say, I'm like, I don't know that offensively you guys are, are good enough. Now I think Steve Cohen feels the same way because there's a lot of smoke around a potential JD Martinez signing. Now, if they're able to add JD Martinez, this lineup is for minimum. You need the JD Martinez of three years ago. He's still a good DH. He's good. I think I think he's still a very productive DH. He, he if you get the JD Martinez of three years ago, then that puts them over the top for me. Yeah. Look, I think if you can slot him into a lineup that goes Nimo Lindor, uh Nimo Nimo Marte Lindor, Alonzo Martinez. Mm-hmm. First five? Yeah. Pretty darn good. No, it's good. Yeah. I I I mean I would I would admit as a non-Mets fan that that would, that would scare me knowing yeah. the rotation they've got to go with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So Mets are not your, are they your favorites in the national league now? If I had to say you got a hundred dollars to bet, are you putting it on the Mets to win the NL? No, I think I'm going to go Phillies. Phillies. I know. I think I am too. Boy, that just absolutely kills me. It's crazy. Absolutely I mean, they should both kill me. you. They're in your division. I know. And that's I the thing. Be. What are you guys going to do? I wouldn't be happy about 
either one of those scenarios playing out. Uh, correct. What are we going to do? Made a nice move for Sean Murphy. Okay. Catcher of the future. Very nice good move that guy. you don't even like. Well, are you coming around much. to it? I, look, it, it's it's going to be great to have him, but traded seven guys, I think. Seven guys in that three team deal. You get one player back. Just feels like a lot. That's all. Yeah. You know, from an equity standpoint, I, I don't know that, that we we filled a need. Not going to deny that, but uh, yeah. feels like we gave up a lot in order to get that done. All right, let's come back here on Honorado and Company. We have a, I'm calling it a world class World Cup final in Qatar, Argentina and France Sunday morning. Something, a sporting event that will not be dated by the time we hit News Channel 13 Correct. on Sunday morning. We're back right after this. I'm at Alpenhouse. Ash is at home. More on Honorado and Company when we come back. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of NYSCOBA are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. NYSCOBA honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhaus. All right, this is the World Cup matchup so many of us wanted to see when it first started in Qatar. I'll say that because you have the star of the sport in Lionel Messi, who still does not have his World Cup title yet. And everybody wants to compare him to Maradona. And and what is your legacy with Argentina? Well, he's got the opportunity now in his fifth World Cup, getting to the final and a chance to win. I will be rooting for Lionel Messi when that actually comes around. And then on the other side, you have France, the defending champs. uh, And of course, um, Mbappe who is not an emerging star. He is a star and has been one He's for quite star. some time. Yeah, winning that. All right, as we get into the uh, the discussion here of the World Cup, Ash, let's get into our weekly segment of Dirty Difficult. Huh? And now, Dirty Difficult and Done. Presented by Performance Industrial. Great team at Performance Industrial. Bill Miller is the man up there. And uh, we had one of their team members on with us, uh, Ed, last week. He was our yep. guest picker in the Pick 6 Vodka Pick'em Challenge. We'll let you know how he did in just a little bit. But, uh, Ash, you are up first here with this Performance Industrial Dirty Difficult Done. Yeah, so mine is obviously a little bit World Cup related. But this is, I, I think, Chris, the first time in a long time that there has been a loss in the sports world for, I'll call it a kind of a niche sport that has had the effect and, and the ripple effect that 
the loss of Grant Wall at the World Cup had. I mean, this is a guy who Princeton grad, supremely, supremely intelligent, but who somehow managed in his writing to reach beyond the soccer fan. So like his writing was so good and his stories were so important that he told and the way that he told them that people who didn't like soccer read his stuff and appreciated his stuff. Fans, both sides, men's and women's, he obviously went beyond the sport of soccer and did a lot for human rights. Um, and I don't want to say it's fitting. It's not fitting. He he died at a very early age, but he died doing what he loved. And I think if if you could give the choice of anyone on earth, people them that option, I think they would say like, hey, yeah, I'd sign up for it. Um, but it's it's amazing to see. I'm not sure that there is a single human on this planet who has a bad thing to say about Grant yeah. Wall. And that's really, really cool to see. Interns, former coworkers, current coworkers, uh, soccer players, soccer coaches, just like everything has been so positive. And he kind of just oozes kindness. So while it really stinks to lose a guy like that, I think it gives everyone else in this world a little bit of like a reality check. And it kind of makes us go back to, to our roots and think about like, okay, well, let's live our life like Grant did, because apparently he was one of the greatest humans on the planet. Um, yeah, ditto. Um, I, I tweeted, um, so if you, ha if you haven't seen, and, and the news of Grant Wall's death is, is about a week old at this point, mm -hmm. if you haven't seen uh, what his wife put on his website, um, grantwall.com, um, go ahead and read it. And I tweeted it out yesterday after she wrote it and it hit Twitter like crazy. And I said, this is a guy who can't remember the exact wording essentially made me care more about soccer and a sport that I didn't grow up playing than I thought I would care about. And it all, and he also gave me a better understanding of its global influence. That was that way he had that ability as a writer to, as you said, pull in the casual fan, which I am, right? Like I'm I'm loving the World Cup. Um, and maybe I'll find myself watching more MLS, but but maybe not. Mm -hmm. And so if I only come back to it every few years, every couple of years, um, Grant Wall kept me engaged in just what was going on, even mm -hmm. if I wasn't watching games. He kept me in, in, interested in, in what was going on in the sport. It's a, it's a huge loss. There's no mm -hmm. doubt. Um, and and if you all, if you also didn't see the news, his wife did say there was nothing. Her words, nothing nefarious about mm -hmm. Grant's death. It was an aortic aneurysm um, that that eventually killed him. Um, yeah, very very sad. Here's the World Cup final. Here, uh, 10 a.m. on a Sunday. We talked about how much we we have enjoyed the um, 9:30 games from London and Germany. What are like? Yep. 10 a.m. on a Sunday and and perfect way to start noon. an NFL Sunday done by noonish. Who do you mm -hmm. like here, Argentina or France? Uh, I'm going to go Argentina. I, I will be rooting for Argentina because like you, I, I would like to see a guy like Messi get the World Cup that I think will put him to that next level. We were watching ESPN and and Taylor Twelman said, look, this is this is the thing that he needs to put him into the Pelé conversation of greatest soccer players of all time. So I would like to see him get that because I think he deserves it for everything he's done for that country. Um, but you can't think of a better matchup. Obviously, Ronaldo is is someone that you would have liked to seen in this spot too, or maybe Neymar. But they, you've got two of the stars of this sport facing off in the biggest game of 
the year or two years, um, it's exactly what I think soccer fans want and love about this. Obviously, we yeah. wanted the U.S. to be in it, but it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, can't and really shouldn't ask for too much more than what we've got. All right, I'll get to my dirty, difficult done later on the show. Let's take a quick time out here when we come back that Pick 6 Vodka NFL Pick'em. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. The temperatures are dropping, which means the holidays are right around the corner. Tis the season at Elfenhouse Ski Shop, where you'll receive up to 50% off top ski and snowboard brands like K2, Vocal, Nordica, and LipTech. And check out our selection of footwear from Muck and Ugg as well as casual and hiking apparel from Patagonia and the North Face. We also have the latest in winter fashion from Fly Low, Marma, Obermeyer, and Helly Hansen. And an Elfenhouse gift card is the perfect gift for the adventure on your list. Elfenhouse in Amsterdam and Clifton Park. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, here we go. Chris Sonorado and Ashley Miller back with you. I am at the showroom at Alpen House in Amsterdam, the Pick 6 Vodka Pick'em, uh, with a local nonprofit or a local business partner each and every week. Let's get going. And now your weekly NFL Pick'em, presented by Pick 6 Vodka. And a shout out to Holly and Serge at Saratoga Courage Distillery and the great team up there that uh, puts out this great vodka that we enjoy and also makes it a great partner for this show. We've got our guest waiting from the Epilepsy Foundation of Northeastern New York. Before we do that, Ash, let's get moving here with our picks. Game one, Dolphins, Bills, snow, winter weather, Saturday night. I love it. 8.15 kick in Orchard Park. You are taking the road fish because how many times have i taken the apo or the bills and they've let me down this year way too many I, this number isn't as big it, the seven and a half worries me a little bit but i'm not going to lose by picking the bills again this year i'll lose by <laughs> picking the other team my record is so I, bad it doesn't matter i you know what as somebody who's uh both irish and italian i appreciate that stubborn attitude uh, i'm taking buffalo here because of the weather because um, Miami has looked lost the last couple of weeks. I don't think they get it. I think they figure it out at some point. I don't think it happens this week in Buffalo, so they'll win by more than a touchdown. Game two, Detroit and the Jets, one of the most interesting games of the week here. The the spread is even, so it's a pick them. We are both taking the road team here. Detroit won winners of five of its last six. Jets are playing good football. They've been in games. Yep. They haven't won the last couple of games. But we both like the Lions here, and I just feel like the the momentum is is too strong right now yep. for Detroit. They're throwing think- the ball all over the place. They're running it well. Yeah. Um, low scoring, low scoring, I think, at the Meadowlands, and, and Detroit wins. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not sure that the Lions are going to throw it around like maybe they they do when they're at home obviously cuz no weather elements, but the Lions are playing like one of the better teams in the NFL right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They have Jamison Williams back. We saw the difference mm-hmm. that that already made. Um you're giving Jared Goff more weapons and you're seeing what happens. This is a guy who looks like the guy who shined with the Rams. And now he's doing it with the Lions. So I'm going uh, in a pick them the Lions for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Cowboys and Jaguars. I mean, what happened in Nashville last weekend with Jacksonville blowing out mm-hmm. the AFC South leading Tennessee Titans? And yeah. that's despite Derrick Henry running wild in the first half. Cowboys just barely beat Houston. So I'm I, I'm making the case for you here, not right. Me. And I'm, that's the thing. I'm just riding the wave. I'm riding the wave of Jags coming off of a game where they looked really, really good. Trevor Lawrence has said he feels like that London game switched, uh, switched, flipped a switch for him. Um, and this Jags team looks like it's figuring it out. The Cowboys, uh, listen, they're still the Cowboys, but I think they've gone through their struggles. We saw it last week. I'm not convinced that they're as good as their record. Okay. I'm on Dallas here because I. Home dog. I know. I have to believe more in Dallas than I do Jacksonville at this point. Yeah, and and I'm I'm going to I'm going to go the route that you did kind of buffalo like yep. prove me wrong that you can't win by a touchdown at Jacksonville yep. and I'll raise my hand and say okay I was I was absolutely wrong by not you. doing that. Uh Nick says Trevor Lawrence starting to live up to that and and yep. I we all kind of believed he would, right? Yeah. Like, it felt weird that yep. uh, this guy well, we knew the it part. would take. He's got the skill set. Why isn't it clicking immediately? But it's we knew it would take time. That's a team that they had to build around him. We needed pieces, and he's getting them. We knew we'd see it. All right, as Griffin goes into guard dog mode, (laughs) uh, Titans and Chargers, the next game on the docket here. Uh, Okay, I like LA. You like Tennessee. Why? Just because I wanted to pick. I picked a few, and I told you this, I picked a few against what I thought I should because nothing has worked for me this year. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take a flyer. Maybe okay. the Titans yeah. come back and they're angry because they got smacked by the Jags last week. I don't know. And yeah, we've talked about it before. The Chargers are as Jekyll and Hyde a team as you're going to find this year. It depends on what version you get. Trevor Lawrence threw for more than 360 yards last week against this Tennessee defense. Justin Herbert could be in for a big Big day against this Tennessee secondary. We both like Cincinnati. Hello, Nick. We both like Cincinnati to win and cover at Tampa Bay. Tampa is not a very good team. No. They I don't picked them score. last week and they got slaughtered. Yeah, they don't score yeah. enough. Um, Joe Burrow is playing really good football right now, mostly at home. Yep. But I'll take them on the road in what should be decent weather yep. in Tampa Bay. So give me the Bengals to keep climbing the AFC North standings there. And then we both like the Commanders on Sunday night, News Channel 13. As sad as that makes me. Win but cover the four and a half against your Giants. Yeah, as sad as that makes me. um, Listen, I don't believe in either of those teams necessarily, but Taylor Heineke has done it a little bit better the last few weeks. And I just think if they can continue to get pieces back from those who are injured, I think Washington's a better team, but not much better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm with you. I just think Washington is, I don't, I don't know what to make of the giants. Now it's like all of a sudden they can't run the ball and yeah. Barkley is not. Yep. So I don't know. 
were they just inflated numbers to begin the year? Are they not all that good? Is that what we're getting no, at I here? Mean, and- I think they're better, but I also, they were a little bit like Syracuse football for me. Like I think they'll come back down to be more of a 500 team by the end of the year. Um, yeah. They're a better team, but they're not, I don't think they're a playoff team. Okay. Uh, we are not playoff oh, teams God, either. Uh, four and two last week. So I'm making my way back to 500. <laughs> Uh, you had a, did you go five and one the week before and then followed it up with a two and four last week, but we are not in, we are not in the playoff picture, if you will, right now. All right, let's bring in, uh, Ash, our guest as you hydrate there to get ready for our guest segment here, the pick six vodka, pick them to no vodka and the Gatorade. Not yet. Anyway, let's bring in Susan Kaczynski from the epilepsy foundation of Northeastern New York, a friend of ours and a friend of the show. Susan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for coming on. You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. We have very festive. Thank you. We have our holiday luncheon this afternoon. So okay, prepared for that. All right. So this is their pregame warm up for the holiday luncheon. We're going pick six, and you got this was a team effort, right? It was. um, I reached out to our team, and um, I think we got all our spouses and significant others involved. so would you like me to read them through now? Well, here's what you're up against, Susan. So local nonprofits, what we're doing is a donation at the end of the year to the local nonprofit with the best record. The best record in that category on this board is High Five Sports yep, at four, four and two. two. We go on to the next board, alternating both local nonprofits and, and local business partners. The food pantries for the capital yep, region also four and two so you've got to be four and two to jump into first place here and i have no doubt that uh you'll come awfully close if you don't do it all the way here so i'll throw up your pick susan you like me like the bills how come your team came to that conclusion uh well the comment they gave me is that the bills will dominate in cold weather and freeze the fish (laughs) (laughs) i like it it's push the fish to freeze the fish like that Dolphins not a good uh, not a good road team. All right, fair enough. Very That's true. kind of what we said, Chris. Weather would affect this one, and the Dolphins have not looked great. So I I made the wrong pick is really what we're saying. <laughs> okay, Ash, game two. All right, game two, Susan. You are going against what Chris and I both have: Jets. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, they say Jets rebound at home from two tough and close road losses against stronger teams. Okay. I don't know who's writing this for you, but they already write in news headlines, which is really impressive. I like that. It's uh, short to the point. Sweet. We we know exactly what we're getting after we hear that. Okay. Game three. I'm the only one taking Dallas here. Now, how come on the everybody at the Epilepsy Foundation likes Jacksonville? Yep. They have the Jaguars may not win, but we'll cover in a trap game for Cowboys who barely beat worst team in the league at home last Sunday. They are always overrated. Look, oh, now, this now, is the I, best commentary that we've gotten all season long. That's, that's I it. A, I think a Giants fan added that little tagline there at the end, always overrated. That, look, there are plenty of fan bases who would agree with that. I'm not saying they're, they're wrong, but that sounded personal. Uh, and then again, I'm the only one on the Chargers. So, Susan, you and your team like the Titans the same way that Ashley does. Yep. They say Titans rebound, may not win, but will cover in a close game. 
I like this cover the spread, but see, this is mm-hmm. how this is how you got to think. Because I I had a tough time, Susan, with like, okay, which team wins, which team loses. But there are times when you might not win and you still win, which is nice. And other times, you don't, <laughs> which isn't so nice. Right. Uh, we're all on the Bengals, all on the Commanders. Everybody loves Joe Burrow, huh, Susan? Yeah, they say Bengals hot, Brady and Butts cold grasping for division of worst division in NFL mm-hmm. Bengals roll. I agree with that. How about the like commanders? That. The commanders hot uh, giants coming back to reality after great and lucky start commanders winning cover. However, I do have to say my husband, John is a huge giants fan and he disagrees with that. pick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, leading with his heart, maybe yeah, not with his the heart That's instead okay. of the head. that's okay yeah um susan you mentioned at the beginning of this interview you have your holiday luncheon uh today this is a thursday we do the show live on thursdays everybody who who finds us on tv over the weekend um with just a couple of weeks really left in the year this is such an important time for nonprofits to get Mm -hmm. critical donations i know this is a great time of year for companies to make and even individuals to make some contributions before the end of the tax year. Um, how do you benefit your organization? How do you benefit with this kind of end of the year rush? If, if you do it all, do you see a, a little bit of a spike? Oh, absolutely. Um, November actually is Epilepsy Awareness Month. So we did a big push of educating the public about epilepsy um, and requesting donations so we can continue to provide the programs and services that we offer to individuals affected by epilepsy and also the community at large. Uh, The funds we receive help uh, fund our counseling programs, support groups. We do uh, seizure first aid and uh, seizure education, how to recognize a seizure. We go into the schools and educate the teachers, the school nurses, even the students if you have a child with epilepsy. Um, It can be a scary thing if you don't know what to do, but if you're educated on the proper first aid, um, you can um, help the individual having the seizure. And uh, we also do service coordination where we work one-on-one with individuals uh, with their uh, doctor's appointments or their special needs they may have. Um, And uh, we do advocacy as well. Susan, I was lucky enough to be a part of the walk to end epilepsy for the Mm -hmm. second year in a row. And I know Bob Kovacic, Mr. Retired Bob Kovacic was a part of that for a long time for you guys. Um, In terms of events like that, is there anything else, obviously, throughout the year where people can take part, donate, you can donate anytime, but take part or if they want to take part in the walk even next year, because those events are so, Mm -hmm. I guess, so essential to what you guys do. Right, right. Yes, we have three major events during the year. Uh, We start off with our gala, which is scheduled on March 11th at Glenn Sanders Mansion. It's a wonderful opportunity for people to dress up and uh, support our agency. We also have uh, a walk to end epilepsy, which is held the uh, Sunday after Labor Day in September. And then we have our golf tournament, which is held in the beginning of October at Wolfert's Roost Country Club. So so about about how many people do you guys service in the greater capital district? I don't think people really realize how far you reach and how many people Mm -hmm. require your services locally. Yeah, we serve 22 counties. So we cover the cap, uh, the capital region, the upper Hudson Valley, all the way up to the Canadian border. 
And uh, so we have a large territory to cover. People can call us if they have questions, especially when they're newly diagnosed. Uh, we have information and referral. Uh, we have a wealth of information that we can send you from our office. If we don't have the answer, we will look into it for you. Uh, so we do provide that kind of support. So we help thousands. It's estimated 45,000 people are affected by epilepsy in the counties we serve in total. So so we're a, a great resource. And, and just to let people know you're not alone. That's what I love about our, especially our walk, where we've had up to 800 people attending. And it's like one big support group where kids get to meet other kids that have epilepsy. Adults get to meet other adults with epilepsy. Parents get to meet other parents going through the same situation. So it, it's just a great opportunity to meet others and, and that are going along the same journey as yourself. Well, Susan, we appreciate you taking the time with us here. It's, uh, it's good to see you virtually. We, it's always good to see you in person, which we're fortunate to do from time to time as well. Uh, good luck with your picks. You need to be five and one or better. So I know you'll be keeping a close eye on them. And if it doesn't go that way, you have a team of people that you've consulted you can blame. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because I know nothing about sports. So I relied on them. <laughs> Easy to do it that way. All right, Susan, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for your support. Take care. That is Susan Kaczynski from the Epilepsy Foundation of Northeastern New York. When we come back here on Honorado and Company, quick time out. Back in less than 30 seconds, our Firewolves segment every single week called Follow the Pack. The Albany Firewolves professional indoor lacrosse team returns to the Capital Region. Season home opener, Saturday, December 17th at 7 p.m. at the MVP Arena. Get your tickets now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Chris Honorado and Ashley Miller back with you here on Honorado and Company. I am at Alpenhouse in Amsterdam, this showroom that is absolutely stocked. I said it a couple of weeks ago when I was here, uh, we have been doing the show with Alpenhouse ever since um, kind of the depths of the pandemic. And I've seen the showrooms when they've had supply chain issues, mm -hmm. um, difficulty getting things in, or the demand being so great that things were sold out quickly, uh, thankfully. They are back stocked and loaded and ready for the winter season. So whatever you need, if you just need outdoor gear like snow pants and jackets and sweaters and whatever, they've got it. If you need a snowmobile or skis or snow, they've got it. Helmets, gloves, it's all here. So it's all here in Amsterdam. Come on, by, come on out and see uh, the great people at Alpenhouse, our lead partner on Honorado and Company each and every single week. Ash, this is really kind of you take the lead on this segment each and every single week, as you should, because you are in with this Firewolves team really as much as anybody as the TV sideline reporter for this squad. And follow the pack brought to you by the Albany Firewolves each and every single week here on Honorado and Company. Yeah, and we listen, we've talked about how many new faces are on this team. And this is this is not only a new face to this team, this is a new face to the league, to the NLL, because he's a rookie. So he's one game into his NLL career. John Piatelli from Cornell, which we're in the state of New York, got a lot of mm -hmm. friends who gone to Cornell, no Cornell. Um, John, how are you, man? 
Doing good. Excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being on. So, John, um, I went to Ithaca um, <laughs> long before you got to Cornell. Um, and there was a restaurant there called The Nines that is no longer there, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, but you've heard of it? You're shaking your head like you've heard of it. Yeah, that was uh, my uh, senior year of high school. Uh, first time my mom came up to Cornell to check it out. Uh, that was our the first spot uh, we went to. My mom loved it. I loved it. Super nice, like divey pizza place. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was sad when it went when uh, went under. But uh, yeah, I have uh, fond memories of that place as well. Deep dish pizza was awesome. They had good live yeah. bands uh, on the weekends too. Okay, we can we can at least. Uh, commiserate over the loss like of the nine Chris uh, reminiscing about his the good old days it was old all right um <laughs> but a great college town nonetheless so from cornell and now to albany john welcome to the capital region um we're one game in yes but it's funny like because you have, of the week in between ash you tell me how you feel i feel like I kind of forgot the season opener i'm i'm, I'm pumped for the home opener right. john how how is the the week off in between treated you guys um, to get ready now for this home opener. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I think, you know, obviously a pretty good start, uh, you know, going to Buffalo and getting that win. Yeah. Um, but, you know, had the week off, which, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like you play one game and all of a sudden you already have a bye. Uh, yeah. But last weekend we, uh, we had a practice in Toronto. So um, we went over th some things from the game, uh, watched some film, um, learned from it, um, the goods and the bads, and then just preparing for, you know, Rochester this weekend. Um, but yeah, super excited about the home opener. Um, I think just personally, it'll be awesome uh, to, you know, get the first one in at home. And as a team, it'll be cool that, you know, you know, a, a lot of new guys. So get everyone a chance to, to get out there and play. John, we normally don't ask much about the lacrosse background, but because you're a Massachusetts guy, right? Yeah. So because you're American, I have to ask about your box background. We know like all the Canadians grow up playing box, but what is your box background, if anything at all? Yeah, um, certainly not. Uh, don't have the degree of background that uh, a lot of the box guys have. Um, you know, I played a little bit um, in some, you know, pickup leagues, uh, whether that be, uh, I actually took a semester off from school with COVID, but during that time I played uh, in Philadelphia um, in some, you know, weekend tournaments, uh, uh, did two weekends of that. And then one summer I played um, in the IBLA, which is like a, uh, it's kind of like the best box cross you can get uh, in, you know, there's a main team, there's a Cambridge team. And then I played in an Auburn team, um, but that was throughout the summer. So, you know, a little bit, but uh, definitely a lot less than uh, Canadians. Definitely little, you know, in terms of competition, a little less than uh, what the NL is. So not a ton. What's the most difficult adjustment to make? Uh, I think, you know, as I think about it, it's like you think like the concepts and everything is it, it, it all makes sense. It's just like when you go out there, it's like it's going so fast. So it's mm -hmm. like on paper, it's like, oh, yeah, OK, you know do this, do that, you know, go down and set a pick, roll off it. But when you get out there, it's like, you're, 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 you know, you're, <laughs> you're trying to figure out, all right, what do I do now? What's the next play? So it's just going, it's going really fast. So I think the biggest thing uh, is I've tried to do is just try to slow it down uh, in your head. And when you're out there, try to just, you know, take deep breaths, slow the game down. Um, so yeah, that's probably the hardest. 
Uh, I know you're new to this team, but so many of the guys on offense are new to this team. So it's almost like everyone's a rookie or everyone's playing with one another for the first time. How do you feel like the process of meshing, particularly on the offensive side of the ball went? Because I'd say like 11 goals is a pretty good output for a team playing in its first game that a lot of you guys haven't played together before. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fun group, I think, all across the board. Um, and then offensively, um, you know, we have a good amount of, of young guys uh, with some other veterans mixed in there. So I think it's a good mix. Um, and then we just, you know, I don't think we have anyone that, you know, demands the ball at like a large rate. So, you know, we're all, you know, happy to share the ball, move off ball, um, and just try to get the defense, you know, heads turning, get them um, off their game and just try not to be too ball heavy. So I think the first game we did a good job of just, you know, swinging it, swinging it, moving it backside, moving our feet, you know, moving the ball. But um, no one's too ball heavy, uh, which is nice because uh, we can all share it and, uh, you know, try to get open and, and just be unselfish. Ash, we don't really talk about this uh, at all, but I'm good. I'll I'll ask it and bring it up here, uh, John. Because of the time of the day and the day of the week that we do this show live Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., a lot of times we bug guys on this team who are at work and they step away for 15 minutes or whatever. I don't know if people realize when they go to a Firewolves game on a Saturday night, Ash, that these guys are working a day job during the week, coming into town, trying to win a game, and then going I'm back, back going back to work. Yeah. Um, so John, now that you've had, you've got the great degree from Cornell lacrosse, of course, is, is part of the dream. Uh, but what are we doing in our daily life? Uh, I work at a commercial real estate, uh, company in, uh, in Boston. So working from home today, uh, kind of be a little flexible for the interview today. Um, so yeah, just taking 20 minutes out of the day and then getting back to it after this, but it's a, it's a yep, good break. Yep. You ever show up with like welts or bruises from lacrosse balls where people are like, what are you doing with your weekends? Oh, I play professional lacrosse. Uh, So far, so good. But, uh, you know, I think that's to come soon. So uh, we'll see. But so far, so good. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. Home opener this Saturday. So for those of you watching on Sunday, we said it happened again. You can watch it live on my four. Here you go. Chris is Chris is ready at the button here. Live Saturday, 7 o'clock on my four, Rochester versus Albany. That, of course, for you lacrosse fans out there, you Albany lacrosse fans, Connor Fields is now a member mm-hmm. of the Rochester Nighthawks. He will be back to take on John Piatelli and company and the Albany Firewolves, and we will have highlights and, of course, post-game reaction on News Channel 13 Live at 11 as well. Got to get those plugs in, Chris. Good work. And, Ash, I think I said it to be earlier in the show, 13-11, did I say over Buffalo? I mean, if I did, yeah, I got my Western New York City. I think you said confused, Rochester. But Buffalo is the opener. This is Rochester. I'm still sticking with my final score of 13-11. So, John, do me a favor and, and make me look smart, would you? Uh, try our Thanks. best. Thanks yeah, so much, right. John, for joining us. And safe travels yeah, from uh, Boston. At least it's an easy commute, but I think it's going to be a little snowy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not too bad, but hopefully I beat the snow. We'll see. Awesome. Well, right, we'll John. see you Saturday. Thanks All for right, doing thanks, the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Nice to meet you. That is John Piatelli, Cornell to Albany. My bad research here. Maybe he played you, Albany. 
at Cornell. He did. He played they, UAlbany last. Uh, he had a really yeah. good game against UAlbany last year. They've had tussles. Year, actually. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yep. Four, okay. I think he had a four-point game against UAlbany, like second game of the season last year, something like that. All right. So Scotty Marr may not be in the stands cheering for him on <laughs> Saturday night in that home opener, but but that's okay. All right, Ash, let's get back into the performance industrial dirty, difficult, done, because I have not had a chance to do yeah, that do yet. Um, and let's go back to the NFL a little bit here. This was a difficult decision, but I'm happy to see it. And that is Buffalo bringing back Cole Beasley. Second chance. Yeah. Uh, potential contributor. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And I like to see when fences can kind of be mended among adults, right? Like, let's be adults about it. Beasley admitted he was wrong in some of the ways he handled things and some of some of the things he said, particularly about Buffalo and the fan base. You know what it reminds me of? It's not exactly the, the same, but stay with me here. It reminds me of Alec Bohm, the third baseman of the Phillies, sure, who had that dreadful game. Yeah, and yes, it's very it's very different. It's very different, but it was still one player ripping a city and a fan base. And then coming back into good graces. Now, the difference is Bohm had to play through this. Mm-hmm. Beasley was gone for a while and now back. And so maybe time mends the fence a little bit. But, yeah. but it was my first thought when they brought him back and remembering some of the things he'd said, I thought, kind of feels like Alec Bohm. Now, Cole Beasley going to be a key cog to a Super no. Bowl championship team? No. Um, but another option and another weapon for mm-hmm. Josh Allen, a guy who knows the offense. Who Somebody you have to pay 15, attention to. Yep. Yeah, somebody you have to pay not, attention to. Not the worst thing to do. So No, and maybe know. he's matured a little. You know, the Bohm thing was like one moment of kind of like fiery passion. He was ticked. The Beasley thing is a little bit more of like a life trend type deal. So yes, maybe he's changed a little. Yeah, yeah, we'll hope so. Um, Saturday night, we get three games on Saturday, and now this starts the stretch. Yeah, NFL Saturdays. NFL Saturdays, which I love, of course. Uh, let me ask you one question here before we go. In the minute I have left, um, we haven't done this, so I have to do this, okay? Okay. Alexander Ovechkin. Yes. Now a member of the 800-goal club. Huge deal. He's 94 away from Wayne Gretzky. There are only three guys north of 800. Yep. And he's one away from Jordan Howe, so he'll pass him like tomorrow. And he's going to catch Gretzky. Uh, he may be hanging on till the very end, and it may not be pretty for a guy in 40 or 41 years old, but he's going to catch Gretzky. Yeah, I think so too, as long as he stays healthy. We talked about this. When you get to 37, a knee or something like that can really derail, like take you out for, if he gets taken out for like a season, you know, chunks of a season, then it's tough to do. I think he'll catch him though. Yeah, I do too. Which okay. is kind of sad. Uh, you know, I sad I. I generally don't root against guys chasing no, records. I, but... I don't want to see this one caught and broken, but that's the way it goes. Thanks for watching, everybody.